Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, and welcome to another episode of What's New Barkeep. I'm Dane. I'm Luke. And today we are going into another cookbook. Yep. We're back to Nerdy November. And this is the Geeky Cookbook, if I remember correctly. The Geeky Chef Cookbook. My apologies. Yep. So a bunch of our recipes are coming from certain famous medias. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, the one we are drinking first is Spice Beer. Inspired by Dune. The I... spice must <laughs> flow. Yeah, this one sounds like it's going to be heavy on cinnamon. It very well could. This one actually wanted us to make a syrup. Well, I didn't know that at first, because I'm an idiot who didn't read the directions first. Basically, it's a spice syrup that consists of brown sugar, allspice, and cinnamon sticks. Then you run it out over top with gold schlager and a light beer. We are using Bud. Bud Light. I've never had Bud Light, so... So let's try this. Alrighty, I just, hope... <laughs> just as a point of fact, I don't like beer. And I'm okay with beer, but I've never been a real fan of Bud. Mm. Well, this is going to suck for both of us. Yep. Right. Three, Three, two, two one. one. Oh, wow. Whoa. That is a really strong cinnamon. But I'm actually not complaining. that Because the thickness of the beer actually does help. It does. It really does. Holy Jesus. But you do need a flavor cleanser. Oh. Yeah. If, if you are having mixed drinks with this, you got to be sure to cleanse your palate. Mm-hmm. It almost tastes like a, uh, not a warhead, but a uh, hot tamale. Kind of. It does have that same consistency. Yeah, it also has that like thing that's, that texture that stays in your mouth. Yeah. Although I think that's the one thing I never liked about hot tamales. Well, I was never much of a fan of uh, artificial cinnamon. Let's move on to our first topic. And our first topic for today is a top 15 list on books that turned into movies. This is actually the, one of the things that I can stand instead of it, you know, because usually most movies, I mean, books to movies tend to suck. These actually, from what I understand, are do kind of a faithful job. And we are getting this list from MaryClaire.com. All righty. Thank you very much for that. So mm -hmm. let's start this off then. Number one, we have Jurassic Park. I can say this for a fact because I have read both the book and seen the movies. So have I. They do pretty good, but a warning to anyone, if you saw the movie back when it was first coming out and then you decide like, oh, I want to read the book at some point, it's much darker in the book. With the movie, they had to make it, you know, child friendly. Yes, it had to make it child friendly. Just like, I'll, I'll go with this scene, which is, if you haven't seen Jurassic Park at this point, you know, that's spoiler territory, but. I mean, it, this came out literally 10 years ago, not 20 years ago. You're yeah, safe. I'm, I'm pretty safe, but that's for anyone else. Like, look at the Dennis Nedry death scene. You know, in, in the movie, you see him get spat on, and then you just see him get ruffled up in the in the truck. 
in the book, it actually goes into detail of him getting gutted. Now that I think about it, I've actually read the sequel, not the original. Yeah, I've read both. Uh, I've only read the sequel, I guess. Fun fact for all of you out there, there are only two Jurassic Park books. The original and The Lost World, I believe. Yep, the original and The Lost World. Anything after those two is done without the author. Isn't that how it goes? But uh, then how good you get a gold bloom uh, back? <laughs> Uh, well, it actually goes into that in the books. Oh, uh, yeah. Jeff Goldblum. And we're getting off topic. We are, we are. Number two, Twilight. And yes, I have seen the movie, but I have not read the book. I have not seen the movie or read the book, so I'm quite all right in, with not seeing them. Well, what I remember from the first movie, Robert Patterson's acting was awful. Uh, what I remember from reading the reviews, he hated his character. Well, yeah, he's basically a 100-year-old f- virgin. How can you really write that? I mean, it'd be one thing if you were like a monk or something, where you actually had, were celibate for a good reason, but by definition, vampires are kind of hedonists. Yeah, they tend to view the darker, darker tones. Yeah, when I was actually, my ex made me watch this. She was a huge vampire freak. The scene where he's just, where Bella and Edward just meet for the first time and they're next to each other, and it just, he was staring at her and it looked like he was trying so hard not to take a shit. (laughs) Is that how people describe it? That's how it looked like to me. (laughs) (laughs) From what she told me, it was in the book, it was he was trying to resist, you know, not going after her, but it's like... That's not how it looks in the movie. <laughs> I'm trying to be like, oh god, try not to think, of, try not to think of poop, try not to think of poop. Okay, the I can wait thirty minutes. Okay. The... <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yeah, it it was not good acting from almost anybody. I'll go off topic a little bit, but it's still kind of on topic. It's like I saw all the memes that were going around during the time about Twilight. Mm-hmm. And I think one of my favorite ones is where you just see Bella talk to him like, why do you look so sad? And he goes, I drank some of your blood last night. And she goes, but I don't have any bite marks or anything. And it's just him looking down, <laughs> looking depressed. <laughs> Number three. Oh, boy. Here we go. The Hunger Games. I have seen both one and two I've not seen the third du- duology. Trilogy. Well, it's technically a quadrilogy mm. because they split the third one into two parts. Oh, they pulled a Deathly Hollows or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have not seen or read this. I just know it's a premise has been done over and over. I will give it them this. If you don't know anything about the books, the movies are very fun to watch. And that's actually a really good thing. If you don't need the books to have, you know, a way to connect, then that's you're doing a good job as an adaptation. These are very good movies if you don't read the books. But if you do read the books, a lot of people are going to point out things, which I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent. That's what happened with Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Oh, dear. I'm not going to go into that because I'll go into a tangent. Because <laughs> I'm always going to say the book is always going to be better than the movie because in the the book, when you read it, everything is in your head. You direct it how you want. You see it how you want. So this is going to be a side tangent, and I'm going to keep it quick. Fuck the Count of Monte Cristo movie that was made in, like, what was it, the 90s or the 1000s. Fuck that movie. I never saw it, so. It 
had a very, 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 very loose connection to the book. Very loose. Uh, okay. <laughs> and it just pissed me the hell off. And with that side tangent over, next one. Then this will come to s- surprise to no one. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. I have seen the first one. I have seen all three, and I loved all of them. I have seen the first one. I need to watch the other two, but good God, I do not have six hours. Would you rather watch One Piece? No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't mind watching One Piece, but, you know, with there being almost a thousand episodes. At like 20 minutes an episode? No. Yeah. However, I really enjoyed the books. Fucking, not the books, but the movies. Fucking loved them. I tried to read the first Lord of the Rings book. Oh, I couldn't do it. (laughs) Stupid anecdote. When I was younger, I want to say like an elementary school, they had the Lord of the Rings trilogy in our library in the school. And me and a friend were like, hey, I wonder if the uh, book one will start at the same number that page, you know, the book two will start. So let's say then like page 200 and something on the first one. So we went to 200 and whatever the hell in the second one to see if it started there. (laughs) Yay for being dumb kids. (laughs) (laughs) that must have been real confusing yeah well we realized oh wait that does not that's not how it works whoops does not work like that (laughs) too bad that'd be quite interesting right it'd be a nice little catch-up but then again honestly having a trilogy in one giant oh man that'd be a huge fucking book it would be a massive book oh my god could you imagine some of the stephen king sequels just in one giant i was gonna say that'd take up a shelf all on its own right and here before we get even more off topic, let's go to the next one, which is The Hobbit. The Hobbit. Again, I only saw the first one. I haven't seen any of them. It's on my to-do list. I will say that The Hobbit is actually quite interesting from the first one that I saw. I don't remember much of it. Mind mm. you, during that time, I was a pot smoker. Uh, you basically smoked uh, the Balrog. Pretty much. I'm pretty sure when I saw that movie, I was soaring through the clouds, so to say. Oh, so you were the one that should have just taken the ring then. Yes, I should have been the one to take the ring. (laughs) Because it's been on my to-watch list, I just haven't gotten around to it. And I will say, on topic of Lord of the Rings, there is a video game of Lord of the Rings 2 that is an MMO. Oh yeah, I actually played some of that. Yep, so did I. I got pretty damn far in it as a shielder. I was a shielder as well, but I didn't think I got that far because lack of people. Yeah, it's a very dead game nowadays. Well, that's because it probably hasn't updated nearly as much as it should have. Actually, it's quite frequently updated. Hmm, then I don't know. Maybe it's Lord of the Rings only gets certain spikes around certain times. Anyways, side tangent over. (laughs) Moving on. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Oh, the most famous one. Mm-hmm. With this one, I have read all of them except for the Deathly Hollows, and seen all of them except for the Deathly Hollows. I have seen all the movies, all the movies of Harry Potter. Favorite one? I would say my favorite one would probably be... Uh, I would say it would either be Prisoner of Azkaban or Order of the Phoenix. Prisoner of Azkaban for me, nope, no challenge. Really? Yeah. I honestly liked Sirius Black, and spoilers, they killed him off. Yeah, they did. I really liked him, because they could have done so much with him, and yet they're like, "Mm, nope, dead. Your death comes now. It is what it is. 
I don't have a problem with death. They feel like they can't add more stories to a character, but they literally killed him off. Was it the next? Was it book four or book five? I think it was um, book four. No, no. Because um, uh, book four was the Goblet of Fire. Yeah. Which was also a very good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they killed him off in book book five or six. I think it was book five because I knew it wasn't that much later. And with that dead conversation. Yeah. <laughs> The Chronicles of Narnia. Again, I saw the first one. Actually, I think I've read the book a long, 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 long time ago, and I don't remember shit. Uh, from what I heard, uh, a lot of people compared it to being like Neverland. Mm. I never saw it. All I know is that the lion is a Jesus allegory. Yeah, that's the biggest thing, was the Jesus allegory between Aslan and... Well, Jesus. Yes. Well, <laughs> you get my, my drift. Mm-hmm. Don't really have much to say on this one. It's just Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, it's the Chronicles of Narnia. If you know it, you know it. If you don't, give it a shot. Although I do have one fun fact for you. C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien were actually friends. Huh. But they kept on ripping on their own each other's stories at the point that they almost lost their friendship. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that, Fantastic Beasts. I saw the second one. I saw the first one? I thought there was only one. Nope, there's two of them. There's Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, and then there's Fantastic Beasts, like, Crimes of Grimwald or something. Oh, well, I've only seen the first one. And I haven't read the book, although we should preface this real quick, not try to... Not doing a political stance here, but we do not support J.K. Rowling in any way, shape, or form, and we refuse to buy any of her products. Even though we say we really enjoyed these, we also realized that this was before she went total... She went total politic. Not even politic, just transphobic. And because of that, you can still enjoy this, just don't support her. Mm, that's, that's how I've taken to doing it. Which, which reminds me... You know she actually uh, got a new book out? I didn't, actually. It's a crime mystery, and the killer happens to be a cross-dressing man. Okay. Yep, who lures in unsuspecting women because they think that he is a woman. Of course. Gee, I'm not seeing any political undertones, are you? Or transphobic undertones? Mm-hmm. Yeah, before we get too deep into that hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next on the list is the Da Vinci Code. Oh boy, look, another political thing we could talk about. Yay. I have seen the Da Vinci Code, but I did not read the book. I have not seen either or read either. Well, the Da Vinci Code, I didn't even realize there was a book for the Da Vinci Code when I saw the movie. I thought it was pretty okay, pretty good. It was a uh, a bit of a mind-bender well, it's just like a giant puzzle, isn't it? Yeah, it's supposed to be like a giant puzzle. I'm pretty sure now, now that I'm not like stupid, mm. as as much stupid, it would be as mind-bending now. But when I first saw it, which was back in high school, I was like, mm, don't know how I like this. Yeah, I at some point need to watch it, but meh. Yeah, it's it's if you get the chance, sure, but... You don't need to pursue it. It's not a you-must-see-this movie. Next on our list, and this one, I'm just going to say, I don't approve of this book at all or this movie. 
Fifty Shades of Grey. Never not seen the book or the movie. From what I understand, it is it tries to open up to regular people the BDSM culture, which is you know not a bad thing. However, Christian Grey is a rapist. I've heard many people call it an erotica. It basically is, but in BDSM, the consent is like the biggest thing ever. Like even more, they push that even more than like regular people do because you basically got somebody completely bound and at your will. I've heard when it comes to those safe words, I basically mean once they say that, stop. He doesn't listen to that at all. He just keeps going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is not good. He's a rapist. That, that turns into rape territory. Yeah. And throw in the fact if you were to get rid of him being a rich dude and say living in a pent, you know, a penthouse or wherever the hell he lives and say he was just some white trash dude in a trailer, this would be a completely different story. Oh, yeah, that guy would have been thrown in jail. Mm-hmm. Because he's rich, white, and looks good. It's suddenly okay. Oh, also, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. This was actually a Twilight fanfic at one point. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. There's some bad implications about that. But before we get too far into that... We're we'll... being very negative today. <laughs> Just a wee bit. We have our next one, The Maze Runner. I have not seen or read this. I have not read the book, but I did see the movie. I thought the movie was pretty good. Uh, Mind you, I did not see the second part Mm -hmm. of it, but I did watch the first one, and I thought the first one was pretty pretty decent. I haven't seen or read it, so I can't say one way or the other. I don't even know what it's about. General synopsis is a bunch of teenagers wake up. I think there's about seven of them. Mm-hmm. They suddenly wake up at the entrance to a maze, and their goal is to try and get through it without getting killed. Oh, okay. As there's a bunch of death machines and traps. So it's almost like a Hunger Games situation. Almost like a Hunger Games situation, yes. Except instead of killing each other, they're trying to survive together. So this one is no surprise to anyone either, especially in the last few years, and that is it. It, yeah, it got remade recently. I remember seeing, like, the first part of it on TV, the mm-hmm. 80s one, not the newest one. Oh, yeah, Tim Curry. Tim Curry, the Tim Curry one. Oh, Tim Curry. Fucking love Tim Curry. <laughs> yeah. I actually mentioned this in a previous episode when it comes to the uh, book. I tried. I did. I failed. As far as I'm going to go with the book, but it... From what I could, it was really good, but it's just so long and so bricky. Oh, it's, it's writing is not very good? Oh, no, the writing is great. It's just, it's dense. Oh, there's a lot of lore then. Basically, because whereas in the movie they start with, you know, the kids, and then they go to the they go, second party goes to the adults, the book, it goes back and forth. And so... While they're trying to do something as an adult, they flash back to a kid because that's how, because they feel similar to what happened when they were a kid, and then it's just it feels like it's a bit of a slog because it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. Okay, yeah, so it suffers from the flashback syndrome. Basically, I mean, it's a good, it's written well, it's a good read. It's just I just couldn't do it, and I like the movie. I actually still need to see the uh, TV series with Tim Curry. Although I've seen a bunch of people review it, and they all more or less say the same thing. It's got its silly points, but it's a good watch. Yep, you'll, you'll definitely see those silly points. Now, this one I 
have not seen or read, but I have seen the animated instead of live action, and that is Alice in Wonderland. Yes, Alice in Wonderland. I have not read the book, and lo and behold, I have not seen the animated one either. I saw the Tim Burton iteration. The only thing I know about this, and this is kind of another fun fact for you, you know that Alice in Wonderland was actually about math? Math? Yes, math. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't remember what it was exactly, but there was actually some part about it that he was... It was like absurdism that's supposed to imply math at some point. I always thought it was general chaos. No, this guy was like a freaking mathematician. Chaos theory. Right? Oh, I think that's about as far as we're going to get with that one. Pretty much, because the Tim Burton iteration was not bad, but they were not great. Yeah, I haven't seen it. And then we have The Jungle Book. Again, haven't seen the live action. Have not seen the live action or the rem- or the uh, animated. I have seen the animated a long, long time ago. But again, that was super long time ago. I mean, how many? I believe there's a couple of live action Jungle Books. I only know one. And that was the newest one. Um, I think I can think of two or three right off the top of my head. The newest one, I think one from, like, the 2000s and then one from the 90s? I couldn't say. Yeah, but something like that. And then the animated one was in the 80s. Or, no, even... I think it was, like, the 70s. Something like that. It was even earlier. No, it might have been earlier than that because that was around the same time they were reusing animation. Yeah, fun fact. Disney actually was certain animated movies would reuse animation clips to save on money and time. But... It turns out, in hindsight, it didn't save money or time. Like, you can actually see some of that with, uh... Did you ever see the Robin Hood movie? Uh, from them? Yeah, from Disney. Yeah. Yeah, well, some of the clips they reused in the Jungle Book, or vice versa. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) And with that, our last one. Life is like a box of chocolates. Oh, Forrest Gump. Mm Mm-hmm. God, that movie is so quotable. The movie is quotable, and I'm going to preemptively tell everyone to put down your pitchforks because I have not seen it. (sighs) I have seen it a few times. It's a good watch, but if you really look into some of the undertones, it's not good. Creepfest? Okay. If you were to replace Forrest Gump with a woman with the same condition, a lot of things really change perspective. Especially with the Jenny scenes. Okay. Basically, uh, you would have to watch the movie, but for those who have, they'd be like, a lot of them are like, ugh, right now. Okay, yeah. Like, I've, I've not really seen much of the movie, so I can't say. Yeah, like, I don't have a problem with the movie per se. It's just it seems that they tried to give credit to white people what black people have done. Because they also did that with Back to the Future. Actually, I think the same director did both of them didn't he i don't know yeah because the uh you would have to watch the movie so i'm not gonna go too far into it but there were some scenes that basically were like oh yeah a black person did this but forrest gump was actually the one who inspired it anywho though yep with that we need to move on to our second drink and for our second drink we have what is this it is called graph graph from the dark tower dark tower oh. yep stephen king Oh, yeah, never seen it. I actually have the entire series on my bookshelf right now. Basically, it is, if you want to make this, 
you will need apple juice, cinnamon sticks, honey, alcoholic ginger beer. Honestly, ours aren't, but eh, I yeah. don't care. And whiskey. Ah, whiskey drink. Mm-hmm. Get yourself a good old whiskey creek. <laughs> Mine is very full. <laughs> Three, two, one. Whoa. Right? That is good. That is some really strong apple. But it definitely, it tastes real good, though. Oh, it does. It's It's got a really strong apple flavor to it, but you still get the bite of the cinnamon. Mm-hmm. You also get a little bit of the whiskey as well. I didn't get much whiskey. Well, I guess I'm the one that looks like an asshole then. <laughs> All right. With that, we'll move on to our second topic, which is our tabletop character designs that we want to do but haven't. So I'm going to say that as a DM, there's a lot of character designs that I will probably never be able to do. And there are some designs that my character has gotten killed off before they had a chance to really get into any real detail. And there are some designs that I actually really enjoy that are still in some of my campaigns. One of the ones that everyone seems to like, and I have no idea why, is Barefist McBarefist. <laughs> <laughs> and his animal companion, Mr. Fists. <laughs> oh, we love, we love Barefist. He is one of the most naive characters I have ever made in my life. And I have made a 16-year-old bird person. <laughs> he is just so innocent, naive, and so helpful. But it's just like, I'm surprised it just didn't bother kicking him out. Because I was expecting him like to get rid of him. Because he was a, not necessarily like a honey syrupy good care, good guy. But just, like I'm surprised you guys didn't bother trying to kick him out or something. Nope. Nope. We love him. Ugh. <sighs> You know, I'm amazed you didn't say a certain someone else. Grunt? Grunt! (laughs) We all love Grunt. So, Grunt is another character that I made. I didn't really give him any real personality, because he was supposed to be a filler character. So much for that. Grunt is now our favorite companion. One of them. One of the reasons why I don't have him talk, he literally just talks in grunts. That's all he does. For those of you who play tabletop, his charisma's a five. <laughs> and everyone loves him for it. Oh, I literally gave him claw hands. Like little, like he can't bend his fingers because they're so rickety. He's a crab. Basically. Oh, with that, I think we should go into some of mine. Go for it. I, did, I never gave him a name, but one character that I really wanted to do, he's actually one of the first characters I ever rolled up. I believe I told you about him too. This was a uh, a cleric. It was um a cleric to a certain god. I can't remember his name, but I remember his title, which is the Broken God. And basically, the whole thing about it was this god's power was to take the pain from others and onto himself. Mm-hmm. Hence why he's called the Broken One. This cleric that I rolled up for him. The reason why I had him worship this specific god was for this reason. All of his stats were 16 except for two of them. His strength, his constitution, his intelligence, his wisdom, and his charisma were all 16s. Well, actually, his dexterity was a 16 as well. The only two that weren't were his intelligence and dexterity. His intelligence was a 9, and his dexterity was a 7. Oh, yikes. So So the, the way that I played him out was that he is a complete and total klutz. And an idiot. And somewhat of an idiot. Mm-hmm. But he's a lovable idiot. Basically, <laughs> he trips over himself constantly. 
Speaking of clerics, there was one character I wanted to make because I was going through the Pathfinder 2 uh, rulebook and saw one of the deities was named Lamachu. Basically, she is the god of all monsters, goddess of all, mo mother of all monsters. And a lot of the attributes I was looking at, I'm like, wow, if this didn't involve horrible scarring and whatnot, she would be a really positive deity. Basically, it's like embrace your embrace your scars, embrace you know who you are as a person, embrace your differences, etc., etc. It's like, wow, that'd be such a really cool thing. But they really don't make it that way. So I was wondering, maybe I could make an alternate cleric, like a goblin cleric that basically took those positive aspects of that. <laughs> because just for those who actually play tabletop, Lemachu is a chaotic, evil goddess. <laughs> with a little, little goblin praising all the good aspects. Like, basically, instead of being like, oh, you're going to be dealing with, you're, we'll be giving you, because they, the way how they look at it is like, Instead of embracing it, we're going to embrace you and give you scars. We're going to make you look different. Instead of embracing what, that's why they, that's how they're portraying. Which, again, if they got rid of that aspect, wouldn't that be a really, like, super positive god? It would be a really, really good god. But they don't have, like, anything like that in Pathfinder. It's all about honor, duty, law, blah, 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 blah. But anything with actual self, they don't really have. Unless it's some kind of evil. Which mm. is really weird now that I think about it. It is really weird because if it's something like theft that's supposed to be a selfish thing so as such evil makes sense but at the same token self-help is a not a bad thing self-image and praising of self-image is not a bad thing so why anyone who does something like that is evil kind of confuses me yeah that is kind of confusing but we're getting off topic yeah, yeah, beep, 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 beep. anywho the next one this one is actually one of my more recent making of a characters mm -hmm. i might use him in the very near future depends on how things go mm -hmm. but i don't have a name for him yet either and i just call him the lightning halfling <laughs> which as you can guess is a halfling with a bloodline of he's a he's a sorcerer halfling with a bloodline based in lightning. And my backstory for him is that one day he just suddenly got struck by lightning and now he has lightning. So this one is a completely different system that I was thinking of because I might make him a character if I do a Mutants Mastermind game. Basically imagine a person with precognition but can only do that while he's dancing the music. <laughs> so imagine him getting constantly shot at like with a machine gun or something but he's they're missing every shot because he's like dancing to you know like Maybe like dancing in the streets or something like that, and just kind of you know driving and japping around. Someone put on some Beethoven, <laughs> right? And just like nobody can touch him, he's just like well, the only way how he can get that precognition is with that medium. Speaking of which, I'm going back to D and D a little mm -hmm. bit. This one, this character kind of requires a little bit of a premise mm -hmm. because Tasha's Cauldron of Everything comes out okay. this month. Oh, nifty. And one of the subclasses that just got released is one I really want to do. But, oh, dear God, is it so broken as it's written right now? Mm-hmm. And this is a monk under the subclass of Aspected Dragon. Okay. And it's a monk that takes the powers of dragons and makes it his own. So it's almost like it's like dragon something in Pathfinder. It's like an it's a archetype. Pretty much. Instead of doing magical damage. Mm-hmm. Depending on what color he takes, his fists do that in damage. Oh, God. Could you imagine bare fist with that? Oh, dude. <laughs> uh, one, one thing as well. They can also fly. They can breathe the element for free up to their proficiency. They can also 
do that with flight as well. I'm assuming this is high level. No, that's level six. Yeah, that's a wee bit broken there. Well, as the uh, the breath of the dragon is, I think, level eight or nine. Mm-hmm. After that, they start to gain resistance to that element. Well, so here's actually a character that was in one of Dane's campaigns that was kind of silly. His name was Herman. <laughs> Herman. So what happened was I kept on rolling shit after shit after shit. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. We're using suicide dice. First thing I rolled, what was it, like a five or a six? I think it was a four. So for those who don't know, suicide dice is, instead of doing the usual point by or 46, remove the, you know one of them, you just take the d20, you roll the d20, and whatever number lands on that stat, it's stuck on that stat. So my character was stuck with a strength of four. But everything else was really, really good. <laughs> and I was outside of that, nothing else was like under a friggin' ten. Yeah, he was a pretty decent character. But I think what made it the most hilarious is what race you picked him to be. Oh, yeah, a Goliath. <laughs> <laughs> So a Goliath that had the strength score of a four. Well, what made it even funny, we were doing character creation. I'm like, oh, no, I don't think I can even use any of my weapons. Nope, he could not. It was all too heavy for him. And then we look at the the, uh, details like, oh, thank God. We treat everything as large. With that, we should probably have a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you when you're done, so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever the heck you listen to your podcasts. You can also make money from your podcast. Ka-ching! With no minimum on how many listeners you have. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Also, it's free! (laughs) You can't get much better than free. Just be sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And we're back. Thank you very much to our sponsor. And what's our final drink for tonight? Mudder's Milk. Mudder's Milk. From Firefly. Firefly. Oh, yeah, this thing is all kinds of thick. Oh, God, yeah. And to make Mudder's Milk, you need honey whiskey, milk, Greek yogurt, one banana, peanut butter, oatmeal, honey, and ground cinnamon. Yep, some more cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Yay. Three, two, one. Huh. That tasted just like a peanut butter cup. So, fun fact, one. <laughs> if you have facial hair, this might suck for you. Working on it. <laughs> yeah, this shit is thick. <laughs> oh, it may most certainly. <laughs> Legitimately, I might need a spoon. <laughs> For those of you wondering, he actually had the milk mustache that you saw in those old milk commercials. My haircut of that. <laughs> it is tasty, though. Oh, it's really good. Although I taste it got more banana, though, uh, than peanut butter. Oh, yeah. I do taste the banana, but mm-hmm. it's got a banana aftertaste. But going down, it tasted just like a peanut butter cup. I came back with spoons. <laughs> yes. 
Because as much as I would like to have a permanent mustache, you know, I would much rather be, I'm not a barbarian. <laughs> and I've calmed down a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. It's hilarious, though. <laughs> With that, we're going to move on to our to our next topic before I really lose my mind. Mm-hmm. This being our favorite video game music. Oh, God, video game music is so good. Don't get me wrong, when it's bad, it's fucking bad, but there's when it's good, it's magnificent. Absolutely. Usually when you hit RPGs like Final Fantasy or something from... Hell, just anything from the Square catalog is really, really good. Big note to Kingdom Hearts. I was actually going to say Chrono Cross. Chrono Cross as well has some really damn good music. As does Chrono Trigger, as does Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9. I haven't played 10. But X, like ever, Final Fantasy, even Final Fantasy One had really good music. Even really memorable music they keep on bringing back, time after time. Anything from Square Enix, it tends to be real good gems. I mean, you could also kind of say the same for anything from well, not anything, but a lot of the mainline stuff from Nintendo. You could say the exact same thing. Uh, more icons than music, but yes, they do have their iconic tunes as well. Mm-hmm. Well, you could look at, say, Legend of Zelda. They have so many good tunes that you could work with. Like, you, especially, I will be the first to say Ocarina of Time is overrated. Come at me. But the music is phenomenal. Yes, absolutely. Again, it's not as good as what people are saying it is. Firstly, Majora's Mask is a much better game. Put down your pitchforks, people. I know I haven't played it. <laughs> Phil, I see you with that pitchfork. Put it down. No, that's Kevin this time. Oh. Why do you two look so alike? They're twins. God. When were, when were they twins? <laughs> when they were born. <laughs> Another one that comes to mind. I'm not really talking about the pre-bought music. I'm talking like the actual ambiance of games like Fallout mm-hmm. or a lot of horror games. Oh, yeah. There's a... There's real ambiance. Another one to that would probably be Breath of the Wild, where they focused more on the ambiance mm-hmm. of the wilds rather than the music. Oh, and let's not forget about this game was fucking huge. I want to say like three-ish years, four-ish years ago, Undertale. Oh, yeah. That music was also really good as well. Also, I'm going to pl- do a quick plug and if you guys really, really like video game music and you're just like, hell yeah, we agree with everything you say, which you should anyway, um, <laughs> go to OC Remix. It has a bunch of video game remixes on there. Or basically songs that have been remastered or remixed. It's a really good site. Yes, it is a very good site. And also be sure to pay tribute to the originals. Well, yeah. Although not every game has a fucking soundtrack, though. No, not every single. No, not every single one has a, a soundtrack. But I understand where you're coming from. You want to at least get the game, then get the remix. As convenient as Yar Har Fiddling D is, it doesn't help certain producers. And yes, I understand you'll be like, well, they have like billions and billions of dollars anyway. Why should I pay? And to that, I say, yeah, the billions and billions they're paying is because of people who actually want to play the game. Yeah, if you don't support them, they go down. Mm-hmm. Oh, another good series has great music. Mega Man. Mega Man does have its bangers. Oh, God. Like, don't know, not every song is perfect, but there are some that are just like, ooh. There are some you just hear, and you're just like, I want this on my playlist. Oh, and another one that 
Although this one is more peppy than uh, peppy's not a good word, but definitely grooving. Sonic. Sonic. <laughs> Sonic is always the one that'll get you moving. Oh yeah. Well, that's kind of the point, though. Yeah, that is true. Since he's the one that's gotta go fast. <laughs> <laughs> Although I still gotta say, fuck that drowning. Ugh. Oh, I use that as my alarm. Oh god, I hate that so much. Hey, if you need to wake up fast, that'll do it. It will, but my god, I don't want an anxiety ta attack. Eh, that's what I pretty much use it for. If I'm late for work, you put that on. <laughs> okay, going back to the ambiance thing, mm -hmm. one indie game that I know of that I thought was really good in that department for very atmospheric stuff was The Witness. Never seen it. It's a big puzzle game actually mm -hmm. it's a puzzle game where you wake up on an island and you have no clue how you got there or why you're there but you have to solve all these different puzzles that are scattered across the island and it unlocks different ways to access the island i am terrible at puzzles in general i try to avoid puzzle games which is really funny because i actually play a lot of uh turn-based strategy which is when you really think about it, it's kind of a puzzle game in itself in itself a lot of fire emblem uh, civilization. Oh, a lot of civilization. Shout out to Fire Emblem for its music as well. And the intro to ooh, Civilization 4, Baba Yetu. It is such a good song. Then we also got World of Warcraft. I have never played World of Warcraft. They've got a few good, like the actual songs for their intros and whatnot. Really good. Granted, a lot of their stuff is ambiance. Oh, so here's one that I'm not sure should count or not. League of Legends, for a while there, gave a few of their uh, characters songs. I mean, they're technically video game music. I mean, technically. Because they had... Have you ever played League of Legends? Nope. Probably for the best. I used to, and my god, is that community toxic. I was gonna say, uh, most... It's a MOBA, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, most MOBAs in general are toxic. Any other video game music that you like to listen to on occasion? Oh, Donkey Kong Country. Oh my god, Donkey Kong Country. That is such a good soundtrack. Yeah, there are some real good songs for Donkey Kong Country. Okay, so here's something I should actually uh, plug as well. Well, they're plenty well famous, but I should probably just bring them up. They are called Video Games Live. Basically, they take songs from video games and do a live orchestra. Actually, you heard one of their stuff earlier. I did. I heard the Tetris theme from them. Yep, the Tetris Opera. <laughs> they do a really good job and they i would advise listening to them they are really really good oh yes i would agree that one song was very good mm -hmm. another one that game that i can think of off the top of my head another sega one actually streets of rage two specifically i never played much of streets of rage Ew, oh my god the soundtrack of that is just banging uh, that's what i've heard i've heard streets of rage is actually really good it's a really good game and the music is awesome Personally, I think it's better than Double Dragon. Um, I was going to say, come at me, Nintendo fanboys. <laughs> Even though it's like 20, 30 years too late. Yeah, uh, I think from the Sega, speaking of the Sega mm -hmm. system, I think the one that I played from it the most that my friend had was Golden Axe. Oh, Golden Axe. I tried to get as far as I could with that, but it that's one of the beat-em-ups that were actually kind of fucking difficult. Yeah, <laughs> we, me and my friend, we, we knew because I don't think we could beat the second stage. It was a rough game, a really rough game. Yeah, and this was during the time when I thought I was more warrior beast. Oh, God. 
I'm assuming you went with big, muscly dude. Uh-huh. I went with Mr. Dwarf. <laughs> you went with Mr. Dwarf. I could see you picking the dwarf. Yeah, well, that's one of the things that I always tried. This is going to be a bit of a side tangent, but when it comes to any kind of system that allows me to be a different race other than human, I'm going to play a different race other than human. Mm, more likely not, yeah. Because there's... You already play a human. Why play something that you already know what you're doing? Experience something different. I think my favorite races tend to be those of dragon. I haven't really played any drag. Well, no, no, no. I played a little bit of a dragonborn in your one campaign before I got shot to hell. <laughs> oh, you mean before my computer took the shit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, we were doing that on roll 20. And we're getting really sidetracked. Oh, yeah, we are. But at that point, we should probably cut it up because we are out of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Dane. I'm Luke. And we'll see you all next week. Enjoy your drinks. Have a good one. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One.